Guys, welcome to a brand new episode of Full Time Reds. Today is the first time I'm doing a show on my own, um, but I felt it was needed um, after last week's results. Um, just before I go into today's podcast, if you can just firstly thank you for everybody that subscribed, helped us um, grow. We're nearly hitting the thousand mark on YouTube. Um, really appreciate that. So anybody that hasn't subscribed, please subscribe, press the bell icon and uh, support what we're trying to do here for the Manchester United community. Um, I wanted to do this podcast really looking at a few things. I'm, in, today what I'm going to cover is basically Ten Hag. The pressure has been uh, put on him. You can see that with the media last night with Jamie Carragher and everybody else um, that have kind of really gone in for him. I'm going to look at what needs to change and I'm going to look at potentially what the next candidates for this role could be. <coughs> so. On the weekend, as we all probably saw, um, United took a, a really bad battering, in my opinion, from a performance point of view against Fulham, uh, where they weren't really even in the game. It was really, really bad um, from all aspects, from from tactically how the team was set up. And I was a really, really big um, Ten Hag supporter um, for a long, long time. And what what changed for me was when I watched Man United play Tottenham at Old Trafford and Tottenham had probably more injuries than us. And, and I remember Ange Postacoglu played a midfield of Skip and two others that weren't even starters and they, pro they dominated us really. And at that point, I started asking, well, if Tottenham can play like this with injuries, why are we not playing like this with injuries? We've got better players. The guy's been in the job a lot longer. And I felt at that point, I started to think maybe he's not the ideal person for the role. And last year, I remember playing Barcelona away at New Camp. And I thought, wow, you know, I've not seen United play like this. You know, we, we dictated tempo. We were all over him. It was, it was phenomenal play. But it feels like either managers have sussed Ten Hag out or he's run out of ideas. Or I did a podcast with the guys at We Talk Ajax, and they were saying usually he doesn't have a plan B. And he might be able to get away with that in um, Holland, but in England, you can't because every team can beat you. Every team from the top of the league to the bottom of the league can turn you over. And I feel that it's not that he's out of it. It might be he's just not good enough. You know, sometimes you might have a manager that feels you can get more. I think this is his maximum because we've been seeing these issues since the Wolverhampton game. And we're nearly, we're 12 weeks away from, uh, sorry, 12 games away from the end of the season. The season finishes in 10 weeks and the same problems are still there. We can go on about injuries, but every team's had injuries. Fulham had like four or five players out on the weekend and they outplayed us. And it, it seems to me either... And the other thing that's not helping him is he's playing players that are, I really don't give a fuck about him. Casemiro's a prime example who constantly thinks he's playing power league and he's, he's going up and down through the middle. And there's huge gaps. Rashford doesn't care. Um, and really, uh, he shouldn't. I don't think he should have played after what happened in Dublin. He should not have got into the team. But the manager put him back in. And these are issues that could have been... Um, avoided but i think in my honest honest opinion this is his maximum level as a manager 
and unfortunately i don't think he, he can't take make any changes and eventually he you know because he's also got a year left what we've got to remember is his year his contract finishes next summer so the new powers need to look at what they're going to do quite quickly because either you have to give him a new contract you can't go into the summer keeping him and then investing two three hundred million into players that he wants and then you know you want to get rid of him and secondly, there are other jobs on the market and there's not a lot of good candidates, which I'm going to come on to later on. But what Ineos need to do is they need to set a clear vision um, on how they want to play and, and recruit based on that. What we can't keep doing is, oh, this guy's on the market or that guy's on the market or Ronaldo's on the market. Let's bring him back. That's, you know, we need to think very clearly. And if that does mean having Ross Barkley for a year, for example, who's been in the press, to fill in a gap. Then it's Ross Barkley for a year. We can't keep going off big names. Like Casemiro, he was excellent last year, but his legs have gone. And honestly, when I watch him, it's pure power league. He's just constantly just doing his own thing. <clears throat> Another thing that I think what's going to have to happen is, from a fan's point of view, fans are going to need to be very, very patient with this because there is no quick fix. You technically need maybe 10, 11 starting players, which you're not going to get in one window. You might not get in two windows. You might It might take longer than three windows because not every transfer you're going to do is going to work. And I think if you're very good at transfers, you're usually a 50% strike, uh, hit rate. So it is going to take a lot of players and we are going to have to sign players that are really... Um, based around uh, short, some short-term fixes like cheap ones like Ross Barkley, if that's what's needed. From a net, from a candidate's point of view, I think the two standout candidates for me are Nagelsmann, um, because everyone's gone on about him, um, and I think he's very, very good. But um, it'll be interesting to see if he does get the Liverpool or United job, how he deals with senior players, because I know he struggled with that, uh, buying a lot um, with the likes of Muller Neuer, and he is quite young himself. So that'll be interesting. And secondly, I think a, a standout candidate that doesn't get linked with enough top-end jobs is Unai Emery at Aston Villa. Now, the reason I'm mentioning him is that if Ineos think that they cannot get um, to get rid of enough players quickly. He's a really good manager that works well with what he has. You've seen that at Villa. I think 80% of that team is um, from Steven Gerrard's time and he's added a few in, but he's got a lot more out of the players he's, that, that were there. And he's an exceptional coach who just doesn't seem to get linked with enough big jobs, but in my opinion, would be ideal for this role. You have got others that are being mentioned, the likes of Deserby, who I think has been kind of sussed out. Um, in the way he plays, um, he's, he, he, he's still going off his last year's reputation. This year has been a disaster. And he's struggling to do, uh, manage at two, ga two games a week while Brighton are playing because of Europe. There is Alonso, but you know that Liverpool connection, uh, I just don't think will work. Um, I remember Paul Lintz going to Liverpool from Inter Milan and Michael Owen coming to Manchester United from Newcastle. And the fans never really took to it. No fans will take to him no matter what he does. And then you've got, you're left with the likes of Potter, who a lot of fans don't fancy, but, you know, I think it's not about having a sexy name, it's about having the right name that can implement what we're trying to do. 
But there are a lot of bad eggs in this team. You know, there's a lot of bad, bad players. Um, senior ones, likes of Rashford. Fernandez is, you know, he's got away with murder. Very ill-disciplined. Um, I know the stats guys will say, oh, well, look at his numbers. Yeah, but, you know, he just doesn't give you enough other than his Hollywood balls. He can't dictate tempo. Um, doesn't know when to play short. Just constantly looks for that Hollywood ball. And I've been very critical of him. But I think tomorrow we've got the Nottingham Forest game, which will be really interesting. If he loses that, or if he goes to a replay, I think he's under pressure anyway, Ten Hag. But I think if he goes to that, um, he's under more pressure. And, you know, Sunday you've got the City game, which I don't think it'll be as bad as what people are making. I think there's a chance, but... Uh, I just don't see how Ten Hag survives. That's my opinion. I just wanted to do a short video because I felt I really wanted to get that out there. Guys, please um, leave in the comments who you think should be the next Manchester manager or if you think Ten Hag survives and why. Please subscribe. Please follow us and help us grow. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you.